Welcome to the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast, where we bring you amazing guests on the cutting edge of science, health, and business each week to share strategies that you can use to get the breakthrough you're looking for in your life. I'm your host, Dr. Nevada Gray. Joining me is my co-host, Chris Donahue. We're glad that you're joining us today. If you are enjoying our podcast, we invite you to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. We love hearing from you. Today's episode is sponsored by the Paleo Pharmacist in the Keto Course. Have you ever wanted to learn about the ketogenic diet and how to implement a properly formulated ketogenic diet into your lifestyle? The Keto Course includes instant 30-day access to a one-hour, one-on-one consultation, a month of unlimited email support, over 75 amazing videos, and printable 14-day meal plans, along with grocery lists that will speed up your weight loss and help break stalls. To learn more, see our show notes. The views expressed on the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast are the opinions of the hosts and guests and are not to be taken as medical advice, as the hosts and guests do not provide medical care. Information is provided for educational purposes only. You should consult your medical provider in relation to your own personal health and prior to making any changes in your diet and fitness. Today's Success Story Spotlight features Davey Robinson, a devoted husband and father of three kids. As he grew older, he knew he had to get in better shape to keep up with them. When his oldest child was nine, Davey started running. He soon realized you can't outrun a bad diet. At a weight fluctuating between 180 and 200 pounds on his 5'9 frame for four years and struggling with the lingering effects of Lyme disease, Davey had an aha moment after hearing Vinny Tortorich on a podcast. Diving into the nuts and bolts of how nutrition worked, Davey was finally able to lose 50 pounds and reclaim his health. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. We love hearing from you. Davey Robinson, how are you? Welcome to the podcast tonight. Doing well, thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited that you're here because you have a very inspiring transformation story. I've been following you on Twitter for quite some time. And for those of our audience that may not know who you are, could you share a little bit about yourself and what got you started on your journey? I'm a 50-year-old father of three. Uh, Kids got more active. I needed to be more busy and be able to keep up with them. So started running in 2012. And I went from there, started listening to podcasts, and just kept building on it. So starting a running routine is hard for a lot of people. How did you go about starting a a running routine and um, starting to just transform the way that you thought about your health? Well, the, the, the first thing I did was buy a treadmill, which I started in January, and wasn't too warm outside, so that's why I bought the treadmill. But now I prefer to run outside, even though it's 29 degrees. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's good. It feels good. 
So when you first um, bought the treadmill, what were some of the strategies that kept you motivated every day just to keep um, running? Because I, I know a lot of people they're like, wow, I can barely walk a mile, never mind run a, run a mile. How did you, how did you build up um, your endurance and kind of stay the course? It, it took a while. It, it, it was frustrating at the beginning, you know, run a 5k in like 45 minutes. That wasn't real good for me, but I, I'm built on it. And then when I learned how to eat about five years ago, uh, everything changed because when I ran, I never got below 180 pounds. So I'm five foot nine. I was 200 and 180 was the mark, no matter how much I ran. It was uh, frustrating. Yeah. So that, um, eat less, move more, um, kind of mentality, uh, which cannot work for a lot of people. Some people it does, but some people it doesn't. And you really transformed the way that you curated your nutrition and your plate. Can you walk us through that journey of, um, how you changed your eating habits? Well, uh, like most people, I, I heard Vinny on Adam Carolla's show. So I've been listening to Vinny for the last five years. And the more I listened to him, the more it made sense. So, but I wanted to learn how it worked. So I would download every podcast with him as a guest. So I could hear the nuts and the bolts and put it all together. And found Abel James and Drew Manning, Mark Sisson. Those guys were all fantastic to learn from. And then with Vinny and zone two training for your heart rate training, I cut a half hour off my half marathon time in one year. So just, just by doing that. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. And you're speaking of uh, Vinny Tortage, correct? Yes. So what were some of the principles that you learned uh, from those podcasts and from those gentlemen? Because uh, a lot of people like to know what, what that looked like in terms of what your plate looked like, what your um, eating routine looked like, if you fasted, uh, if you counted macros, how, how did you, how did you approach it? By the seat of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I ate a lot of uh, pre-sliced salami and uh, cracker, uh, not cracker, but uh, cheese slices and stuff like that. And then I got to the point where I wasn't hungry for breakfast. Next thing I know, I'm eating lunch and only dinner. Use a heavy whipping cream on my coffee. Never really used much sugar, but cutting out sugars and grains really made a difference because before running, I couldn't, I had to wait two or three days before I ran again. But when I switched to become a fat burner, I could run daily. I could run every day if I wanted to at various mileage. So it was easy recovery to, to keep on going. So what is the adaptation period? What what did you experience during that? Because I know some people can experience um, a flu or they have a drop in their performance during that. Did, did you experience any of that? Or what were some of the strategies that you used to get you through that period? I honestly didn't notice much. I don't know why, but I, I just one of those people that pushed through. Then I, if I thought I had a cold, it's been five years, so I don't honestly remember. But I just noticed that my satiety, you know, I, I could eat less and feel fuller and I could go longer. And most of my runs now are fasted or within you know, after four hours of eating. 
and uh, I don't know. <laughs> so it sounds like you really didn't track calories or macros. You, you just kept it simple within uh, foods that you liked. Um, could you talk about how you kept it simple and sustainable for yourself? I used butter quite a bit and coconut oil, not necessarily the paste. I used, actually used the coconut cooking oil that I found, and I've been using that for five years off and on. Uh, did a lot of hamburger bowls where I just you know, brown up some ground beef, 80-20, salt and pepper, drop a couple eggs in there, and that was you know, maybe some cheddar cheese, and then that was supper or lunch, hardly ever breakfast. But I would eat it for breakfast too, if I, if I wanted to. And I get strange looks at work when I fry up a couple, uh, heat up a couple burgers in the morning for breakfast with my coffee. So that was always fun. How did you navigate your family and friends witnessing your transformation and the way that you were eating, which it was counterintuitive to a lot of people where it was more, um, I'm assuming a pro higher protein based, lower type carb approach where you're eating the butter and the whipping cream and, and coconut oil. How, how did you navigate uh, their responses? And then what were their responses once they saw um, how you were transforming? Um, I would tell them what they wanted to hear because they didn't always want to hear the truth. So this is tiptoe around a little bit. The hardest one was my wife because I did it on my own for a year. And, you know, of course, she was convinced I was going to have a heart attack and everything else. And that didn't happen. And then next thing I know, I'm buying medium shirts, size shirts instead of large. And I'm buying smaller pants. And it, the, the worst thing about this is it costs you money to buy new clothes. <laughs> so you look better in what you're wearing. You're not swimming anymore. Yes, absolutely. And then your wife ended up coming on board. How, how did you incorporate... Um, your new lifestyle uh, with running and, and fitness and changing the way that you ate into your family dynamic. How did, how did that work? What were some of the strategies and uh, successes that, that you had in implementing that? Well, it got better for me because I was eating more variety of foods. So we would get the different cookbooks. We got Anna's cookbooks, well, actually both of them. And we, it just got a little more tasty for me. Not as, uh, some people are always worried about what to eat and not wanting to eat the same thing all the time, which doesn't bother me any because when I cook on the grill, I, the grill's full and I eat burgers for a week. And she, minimal exercise, just changed her diet. Maybe she went from a size 10, 12 to a size 6 in a year. So, and she took naps on Sundays. <laughs> Yeah, so that really speaks to just staying the course um, with with the journey because the journey is not an overnight process, and yeah. it and you want to curate that lifestyle so that it's sustainable and something you can just implement in your everyday life that that works for you. What would you say kept you motivated and going on days where you felt, "Why am I doing this?" or you? you went a few days without working out, may have fallen off off track and, you know, cheated with sugar or something like that. Mm. How, what got you back on track when, when those moments happened? Well, we just got done with the holidays. So, you know, there's always cookie weight, but they make cookies for Christmas. I'm going to have cookies. Um, so it's, I just 
just shut it off, grab a nice uh, cup of coffee and get up in the next day and go for a nice run fasted. And depending on how I feel at mile three, I'll run six, I'll run nine. It's just, I don't know if it, 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 I can change my mind in the middle of it all and just keep on going. It's nice. What, what is it in that mindset where you're at mile three and you're going to decide, I'm just going to go run, you know, a half marathon. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. How, how do you keep, is it a runner's high or how do you kind of break through that barrier? I know I'm new to running mm -hmm. and I was running the other day. I did my longest run that I've ever done. And I reached a point where I had the runner's high and then all of a sudden I lost it. This, uh, song came on and I just lost my runner's high. <laughs> I was listening to, to the, you know, high bass music. And then all of a sudden the slow song came on. And I just lost my runner's high. And I realized I had run so far out. I'm like, Oh my goodness, I have to run back. And I, I was thinking to myself, Oh my goodness, I could be stranded out here. Someone's going to have to come pick me up. How, how do you break through that barrier when, when you're new to running and you're, you know, the whole brave new world is opening and you're deciding, okay, I'm going to do that 10 mile run. Uh, how do you get through when, when that happens, when all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I think, you know, I'm going to tank right now. I don't know if I can go. I don't know if I'm going to be able to run back. What do you do in those situations? Um, if that ever happens, I walk home. <laughs> <laughs> but I, there's days where I'll, I'll just plan it out on online and, and look at it and be like, oh, I'll try this many miles this day and I'll switch up my routes here and there. And, and then I have spots where I can just break off and take a shorter run or go the other way and take a longer run. And I don't know, I know if I get on a treadmill, I learn pace on the treadmill. It's still pain in the butt, but it teaches you pace. And when I was doing zone two to keep my heart rate in that spot, that helped me with pace also. So I could just get set it at six mile an hour, run 10 minute miles and just keep going for, you know, I would build up to two plus hours. Then I'd take it out on the road and it would make that much of a difference to, to be able to make that decision. Did you find that you struggled when you were outside, um, where you were paced on the treadmill and you're used to that pace? How did you keep the pace outside versus on the treadmill? Uh, because within my own experience, I could run miles on the treadmill. And when I get outside, I find I struggle to maintain that pace um, because it was so easy on the treadmill. How, how do you transition from the treadmill running to the outside running? You try not to let your treadmill pace bother you when you're running outside because you all the elevation changes and the road conditions, cars, paying, paying attention to everybody coming at you and uh, and I run back roads. I'm a little country boy here. <laughs> Kids don't sit, think we live that that far, but we do. And uh, you know, the, the roads are narrow. There's not much on the on the berm, so you're always waving at cars going by. And I just I, I hear my mile times in my ears. <clears throat> and if I hear under nine minutes per mile, I'm I'm excited, and it keeps me going. And if I'm my average is around 9:30, then I just Struggle along and I, I'll add a couple extra miles. <laughs> How do you find that resistance training 
has helped in your running? Do you do any resistance training or body weight exercises? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I have a rower that I use, not as often as I would like. Um, most of my stuff's body weight, push-ups, pull-ups, dips, uh, some dumbbell work, not, not a whole lot. Uh, I got to be careful because uh, in 2017, I contracted Lyme disease. So if I overuse certain things, I, it takes a lot longer to heal or recover, I should say, from, from any injuries. It's kind of a bummer. Yes, a lot of people do struggle with Lyme disease. And I was wondering if you could speak to some of the improvements that's, that you've noticed um, with nutrition, the changes in your nutrition and the changes in your fitness. Did you find that that improved uh, symptoms of Lyme disease and um, how you manage? Well, I was a couple years in on going low carb, so it, it helped me. And it just did. The, the muscle soreness, it just, it's always there. But if I, I can, I can give a punch, but I can't take a punch. So if I'm getting hit, it, it hurts more in the muscle areas. It, it, it's weird. It's hard to explain. It's, uh, I just know that as long as I'm able to run, <laughs> I'm happy. But if I ever exercise certain parts, it takes a while to, to recover. And then I have to do something different, which I do just to get it done. Yes, and that's the beauty of fitness is there's so many exercises that you can do to train the same muscle within your comfort but still challenge yourself but not have that uh, painful uh, type movement. I do that all, all the time with my back. I wanted to ask you, um, do you compete in marathons and, and run 5Ks and 10Ks and um, sign up for races? Is that one thing that keeps you motivated in your running or is this something that that you do on your own to challenge yourself? Well, I, it started as a challenge. I did sign up for a few races. My first race was a trail race around an area up here and it had two water crossings. So you're running single track trails with a bunch of people crossing the waters. You get out of the water and your feet feel like they're 20 pounds a piece and you run it out. Next thing you know, you're going through the water again. And it was, it was really fun to do, but then a month later, I ran my first half marathon in Pittsburgh, and that was a little eye-opening. I, I ran those distances, but not like that. And what were, what were some of the um, health benefits that you noticed, just besides your weight loss? I know you had around a 50-pound uh, weight loss with your nutrition and fitness change, but what were some of the other benefits that you noticed in changing your lifestyle? One of the things, I'm dark-complected, and after I cut out sugars and grains, I cut out seed oils. I don't get as dark in the summertime, and I can stay out in the sun longer now than, than ever. It's, it's, it's strange. You, know, you cut out all the, the, the garbage, and your body reacts completely different. Skin's better. You, you, it, you're, you're, everything feels better. And I just, I don't know, everybody ask me about it, explain it to them. If they like to hear more, then we, we sit down and we talk. And a lot of times I do it in their kitchen with them and show them on the labels what to look for in their foods and stuff and what to cut out. And it makes it easier for them to have a visual. What are some of the main um, 
ingredients or advice that you give to your family and friends to watch for an ingredient labels? Because I know that's uh, one of the challenging aspects is learning what ingredients to watch out for and which ingredients uh, to include that are okay. What, what was your advice to, to your friends and family on how to go about reading nutrition labels? Yeah, don't, don't go by the, the top part. You go by the ingredients. Just look at the, the less the ingredients, the better. The further down the, that sugar would be, would be better. I'm not saying it's good, but it's better that it's further down the list. If it's, you know, the last one or two, eh, it's okay for a snack once in a while. But I try my best not to partake in baked cookies and candy bars and stuff like that. And anything labeled keto. Yes, that's that's one thing um, with the keto uh, becoming mainstream is a lot of products that are labeled keto actually contain sugar um, and contain ingredients that can spike our insulin and our higher carbohydrate content. How much um, did how much of uh, the ingredient label or in taking into consideration your meals did you pay attention to carbohydrates? Did did you track uh, the carbs or did you just go by um, the minimal amount of ingredients or it was just a whole food. What was your approach with that? Uh, mostly cutting it all out. I just, I didn't track a calorie, a macro, a carb. I just, like I said, I just used I, deli meats, you know, all the Italian cured meats, hard cheeses at the beginning. And then when my wife got in, we cooked better and more and and then I ate even less, and we had all this food to eat. <laughs> what were some of the um, – you had said that you had mentioned some cookbooks. What, what were some of the cookbooks that um, helped you learn how to curate your plate? Uh, the two biggest ones were Anna Bocino's Eat Happy and Eat Happy Too. And it's made a big difference. And then if you look at any keto recipes or low-carb recipes, you look at it, you can see what you can cut out. You can make your own beef jerky without sugar. And we get the dehydrator out and we'll make our own. It's, and uh, using coconut aminos instead of soy sauce. But you got to watch which one you get, too, because the one says it's derived from soy. <laughs> you got to read your labels. If you don't read it, you'll, you'll end up getting it and still end up with swollen facial features. Oh, I can't stand it. I can't, I can't do soy at all. Yes, people are definitely um, sensitive to that. And the coconut aminos are amazing for recipes. I love using them for the deconstructed egg rolls and just regular pork and cabbage, just keeping meals uh, really, really simple. Uh, one thing we ask our guests that have had awesome transformations like yourself is, in hindsight, knowing what you know now, what would be three pieces of advice that you would give yourself if you were just starting this journey? If you were looking back on the past and seeing yourself, what, what three pieces of advice would you give yourself um, now that you've gained all of this knowledge throughout the course of your journey? Uh, don't drink beer. <laughs> Stick to distilled uh, stuff. And uh, cereal's not food. And uh, what else could I put? I don't know. Uh, just move. They, you know, I, I have my body from when I was 20 <clears throat> set in steel for a construction company. And I would have an extra 40, 50 pounds of tools climbing the red iron. And 
and I, I have that body back at 50. I never thought I'd see that day. Probably couldn't climb around like I did then, but I still, I looked like I could. It's exciting. One of the most inspiring things um, about your journey is that you did this in what they would call middle age, um, <laughs> you know, 40s, 50s. And a lot of people think, oh, um, you know, 40, it, my life is over. I'm just going to live it out the last part of life and, you know, getting those six pack, getting in shape. That's, that's for other people. That's not for me. What would you say to people that are, that are in their forties that are thinking about reinventing themselves and, and thinking about changing things up and really going for it in life? What would you say to those people that are listening to this right now, um, that are thinking, wow, uh, Things might be possible for me. I might be able to get in shape. I might be able to change my career. What piece piece of advice would you give for those people? It, it's definitely possible. Um, you know, I started five years ago, forty five. Never thought I could change the way I looked, and I did. I thought I was going to be dad bod. You know, then your children are uh, pretty straightforward. Oh, man boobs and dad bod, and it's like oh. I I didn't didn't want it and. I'm just glad I listened to podcasts and heard what I heard. And every Friday episode, I would hear somebody new, and like Dr. Paul Mason, and I would listen to him, and I'd go search his name in podcasts, and I would listen to a bunch of podcasts with him, or Al Russ, or <laughs> Tara Garrison, Drew Manning. I love Drew. His What he's doing now is incredible. It's going to help so many people. I just... I, I, I just, I like the whole, the rabbit hole you can dive down into when you hear certain people, you, for instance, I, I've been, I listened to a pile you as a guest on the podcast just to, to hear more of your story. I enjoy it. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. It's, that was one of my strategies too, is I would listen to podcasts and then I would go on PubMed. I'd actually look at the research and the papers and seek out other podcasts and then the resources, the rabbit hole of resources that you can find just from listening to one really good resource is uh, unbelievable and the amount of knowledge that you can gain in such a short amount of time thanks to YouTube and uh, Twitter platforms. What were some of, um, were there any books that you would recommend that you read that really impacted you and helped you understand some of the complex uh, nutrition concepts that are out there that really simplified it for you? No, I'm not much of a reader. I listen to a lot of stuff. I listen to Vinny's book and Dr. Ken Berry's book, Lies My Doctor Told Me and stuff like that. But I kind of wish I was more of a reader. I think I would probably take more of it in, but I'm always listening. I'm always having notes, always. I'm, <laughs> I hear something on the podcast and I'm writing it down. You know, just key things that the, that that person said. I'm like, oh, okay, I want to listen to more of that guy or that girl, and 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 listen to what they got to say. And I I have a book full of notes and memes that I've seen print out. And we would have people over that want to learn more, and we'll have a group of uh, 10, 12 of us here. And before COVID and all that that and everything, and talk and get get uh, get the word out. So once you listen to a podcast and you would hear this information, what would be your strategy to apply what you were listening to? Um, how would you go about adding some 
some of those concepts in because I know that was one thing when I would listen to something that would speak to me and I thought oh that might work for me I never thought of that before I'm going to start adding it in what were some of the strategies uh, to add those concepts in where they became habits I don't have much of a routine or habit I do it as I go and I got the results that I got by just doing it by the seat of my pants um you know, if I was a little more strict, yeah, I could have had the body a little bit faster. But one certain podcast I listen to, like Ted Naiman, for instance, he gets a little technical and I get lost sometimes. Love the guy, but <laughs> I can I can get lost in his podcast. And, uh, you know, I, I like the, the fact that you can go from Vinny to Dr. Ken Berry to the new guys coming up, like uh, Ben Azadi from Keto Camp. It's just, it's the same message and they're teaching the same things and I I take little bits and pieces from all of them I some of it I all I agree with but it's definitely uh, you know like like uh, Brian Sanders says about a, a, a sapien diet you know there's so many people out there that are very smart and I, I take a lot from them Brian Sanders is another one I can't wait till his movie comes out Yes, it's, there's uh, so many amazing scientists, doctors, and researchers in the space that we can learn from. And this is a truly amazing time in science that we have a front row seat to all this cutting edge research that's coming out. And the generosity of uh, these doctors and researchers to be able to share their knowledge on podcasts for all of us to be able to benefit uh, from this information. So what is next for you in, in 2021? What are some of the, the goals or things you're aspiring for? Um, actually, a little more coaching. I have a, a few guys that are substantial weight loss and differences. Uh, one kid, he's probably down over half his weight. He's around over, well over 400 pounds. He's down to 230 now. So... It, it's good to see, good to feel, you know, it's just, I get texts from people that have, have shown how to do it and how either the text saying, what's this, is this any good? And I, you know, or, hey, this is because of you. And I get a picture full of brand new clothes laying all over the bed and uh, it, it, it's, it's neat and I, I enjoy it. Some of the guys, I'm always having to verify that, th that this is the before and after. It's the same person you know, on, on certain group pages, you know, because some people don't believe the before and afters. So it's, uh, it, it's exciting. I'd like to hopefully do more of that. And I was, I, I was taught for free by listening to people like you and I'm just giving the people that want to listen and learn. So where can people find you on social media that do you have uh, Facebook groups? I know you're on Twitter. Um, definitely please give everyone your Twitter handle so they can find you. But do you have uh, groups or where can people find your content to learn more? Hey, I do a lot of stuff on Twitter. Uh, my handle is number one son, N-B-R-1, the number one son. My dad was a Star Trek Next Generation fan. So I was the firstborn. I'm number one son. <laughs> so and. uh Instagram, I do a little bit on, I have a page called low, the Low Carb Lowdown, but it's it's mostly Twitter, and I, there's a lot of good interactions there, good people, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of jabs, and poking fun sometimes, and 
it's all it's all fun. I, I enjoy it and get a lot of good stuff from people in and around. Actually, I found some more people in my area that you know when we can get together. We're we're planning on getting together and having uh, sit down talk of coffee or steak or whatever the case may be. Yes, and that community support is is so important, and that's one of the um, things I enjoy about Twitter. I've curated my feed to have that community support and, and be able to engage with other people that are going through transformations or in the uh, process of the maintenance. Um, what would be some What would be some of your advice for people that are now they've achieved their goal, they've lost weight? Um, what would you tell them as far as maintaining and for being in maintenance? Uh, just keep doing what got you there. Don't don't go back. It's not a diet. It's it's what you you're supposed to eat. You know, it's uh, real food. A little bit of this, and uh, you know, every now and then, yeah, it's you go have that bowl of ice cream. But when I when I do do that, I would go get the ones made with their naturals. You know, whatever some ice cream companies have naturals, and it'll have five ingredients, and a couple scoops of that and you're and you're done and go run the next day or not row do push-ups crunches whatever and you just do something mark sisson says just pick it up and move it do more than you did the day before the following day just just keep pick up heavy stuff put it here put it there move it around yes and that truly is simple and your transformation is a testament to that it's okay to keep it simple and you know just read the ingredients keep minimal ingredients and just get yourself moving and, and show up for yourself every day um, this has been such a pleasure speaking with you tonight Davey what would be your parting words of advice uh, for our audience uh, prior to wrapping up our podcast tonight uh, it can be as easy as eating hamburgers every day for two meals a day and and drinking coffee or water it's it's you can keep it simple or you can just mix it up a little bit you know add some eggs some fish some of the people i i learned from were carnivores <laughs> and i i took cues from them too so i added even more beef into my diet and made even better changes so there you go guys so keep it simple uh listen learn empower yourself and pay it forward. Uh, if you're enjoying our podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We love hearing from you. And thank you so much, Davey. It was a pleasure speaking with you tonight. Thank you. It was nice meeting you. It was great. Thank you for listening to the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast. We are now available on iHeart Podcast and all of your favorite podcast listening platforms. As always, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. We love hearing from you. If you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, send us an email. Link in the show notes.